Hey guys, welcome back to the OPD podcast with Austin and Joe. And this week we have special guest Dave Callick on from here in the U.S. Um, Dave's a pretty renowned coach over here, coaches some pretty big name guys, including several IFBB pros. And uh, I don't think, I know you and I have talked before, but I think it was on a different podcast, Dave. I don't think you've been on this one. So, um, yeah, so guys, today we wanted to talk about uh, some common contest prep mistakes. Uh, Dave and I, since Dave has some guys prepping right now, we were just chatting a little bit about just some things that we see mistakes during prep in terms of training, nutrition. Uh, wanted to go over some of those things today because contest season's coming up. So I don't know what the UK is like, but at least here in the US, it's super heavy, you know, spring, summer, and then you know, rounds out in the fall, kind of all falls off in the winter. But uh, lots of guys and gals definitely in prep right now. Is that pretty common where you're at, Joe? Uh, yeah, although we sort of do have more shows in the September, October time than you guys do. But we're kind of getting into that point of the year where people are starting to prep for the earlier shows. Yeah. yeah when's, sure. like the British champion, was it, when's the British Championships and, the, and that stuff out there for you guys? Which Fed? PCA? Yes. Um, so PCA is probably the biggest now when is October. October I was just asking the missus now I'm shit with dates she's got them all <laughs> she runs it like the the main calendar that everybody uses over here on her website so she knows all the all the show dates <laughs> yeah you guys have PCA and then you have UK BFF is that the yes but the thing with the UK BFF is like to be honest now no offense to anyone competing in the UK BFF, but it's dead. Yeah. Everyone's so gone. What's, PCA. So what's the Fed that qualifies for the IFBB? Then? Yeah, I was curious. That's the two rows. The, the two, two rows. rows. Yeah. yeah. So where's yeah, so, the, so that's actually IFBB sanctioned then, right? Because that Jasmine did that one last year, and that was an IFBB sanctioned show. Yes. Yeah, they, they have qualifiers that run through the year that are – yeah, so Dave, that would be like comparable to our Arnold Classic. You know how it's an IFBB; it's like sanctioned right. by the total body and not by the NPC. So right, exactly. So that's the, yeah. that's something. So unlike over here, though, there's a million and one chances to get a fucking pro card. Where over there, it's you know you there's not a lot of shots, obviously. No, well, kind of different. Yeah. They give out a lot at some shows. Like, do they? Okay. The two bros. That's true. The f- um, how many did they give out at your show alone? It was the top three in every class. Oh wow! Okay, so you guys have a similar format, you know. And I mean, now over here, as you guys know, you know, junior shows. I mean, it's just, and then there's all the um, overseas shows now. You can fly so many different yeah. cities now, and and you know, compete for a pro card. So it's not as elusive as you know as it used to be. You did. Because you just posted that one the other day, that Masters USA. That's a new. That's um, another one. Yeah, I think I saw you post that. I think it was you. Yes. Um, So that'll be actually be here in Los Angeles on December 16th. And there's another one. Yeah. It used to be where it would just be the overall winner for the USA. Or the, and then the overall winner for North Americans and the overall winner for nationals. And then it became, you know, so now it's just. You know, especially, especially classic physique and women's, you know, 
and you know, there's just, they hand them out. It's like the top five in like every category or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Except I think the only one just bodybuilding. There's a, I would say men's open bodybuilding probably has the least amount of pro cards just because as it, as it should be, as it should be, yeah. which cause they don't give them out like junior shows and stuff. They don't have pro cards. So right. Exactly. Junior shows. It's like figure and fitness, like men's physique. You can go to the junior shows and actually obtain your pro card from one of those events. Right. Yep. That's, uh, that's where I'm going this year. So junior USA. See if I get my ass handed to me or not. We'll find out. <laughs> no, you'll do. You'll be great, man. So is that like quite a point of contention over in America? Then how many pro cards are, are being handed out these days? Austin, did you see someone made a post that like, I don't know, there's like a thousand pro cards or something given out last yeah. year, like something. It was something like that. But two, we got to think. You know, now we have. We also have classic physique men's physique and bikini and uh none of those existed when i started competing exactly exactly so you know i mean that that in and of itself is adding a lot of pro cards which it does give more people a chance because a lot of people will drop the different classes like especially classic now that's so that's an interesting subject we can talk about with you know people wanting to compete in classic and prep and stuff is i don't know if you run into this a lot but the whole idea of obviously the weight classes have keep going up, which I think is a mistake. Exactly. And, and it's like, you got all these guys that are just sucking down to make weight for classic when their physique is not classic at all. I just, I was in a show in Denver a couple weeks ago and, um, you know, as you're seeing a trend now, I mean, Jesus Christ, there was like, like there was like, no, there's no band and weights, no lightweights. There was like four middleweights, like four light heavyweights, two heavyweights, and like one super heavyweight. I'm serious. And then in the classic division, I mean, there was just like three tiers of call yeah. out. I mean, just, it's just crazy. And as you're saying, and then of course you're seeing bodybuilders, hey, I'm going to give classic a world with like blocky weight. I mean, exactly. And you're seeing people suck down to make these weights. And now, as you just mentioned, now that they're adding you know, the extra five or 10 pounds, that gives more room for people who are doing bodybuilding. So you're, it's just so you're going to see the the numbers dissipate further in bodybuilding, and you're going to see the numbers thrive in classic. And then let's look what's happening at the Arnold. I mean, like now, like for example, at the Arnold, they took away the two twelve division, and it's just classic and bikini and dare I say men's bikini, if you want to call it that. You know what I mean? And these are the classes that are really. I mean, they're sanctioning fees for these brochures. You know, and it's just that's where it's it's going now. That's where it's going. Yeah, it takes it. You'd have to have, you have to have so much muscle per square inch now to actually be a bodybuilder and not fit into classic. You know, like it's, it's not, not that that's a bad thing, but it just thins out like at the national level. Okay. Because the national level, we, we get some thin shows here and there, but I mean, there's still for the most part, you're not like, you're going to have pretty deep classes. I think a couple of the shows this year were a little weak or last year, but you know, for the most part, I mean, you're still all the freaks come out, but I'm looking like I'm looking at some of these class. I can beat it last year. I'm looking at some of these classic guys. I'm like, Eesh, I'm not sure that I could beat you or not. <laughs> you know, it's like that's interesting to hear that from you guys because I mean, over here the PCA is the kind of biggest um, fed, and um, in their classic bodybuilding, there's um, no weight restriction. 
um, the, the two classes are under five for eight and over five for eight. And that's it. That's it. Yep. And you're just judged on literally how classic you look. See, to me, that's almost like a, I kind of almost like that criteria better. It's really nice actually, because you go to the shows and it's not like the biggest guy in the weight class wins. It's like the truly, I mean, I went to a show, PCA show last year where this, this guy was, it was this um, black dude with some of the nicest lines, kind of almost flex wheelerish. Um, right. You know him kind of on a personal level. He's a natural guy, like truly a natural guy. He wow. was on stage at maybe 160. It's not, not wow. at all, but he just looked like, he looks incredible. The insertions, everything. And he won the show. And there was guys up there, that you know? 160, 160 pounds looking like he's probably 210 pounds because of like yeah. tiny, yeah. tiny little joints and everything like, you know, exactly, yeah. like call it the, the, print, the printing mantis joints. Yeah, just super bubbly. And all the insertions running right into right. the bone, you know? Right. And yeah, then, it's an it's an illusion, right? It's an illusion. Yeah, yeah. See, and that's and that's the thing is that you have guys that don't have those kind of joints and insertions trying to do it like me. I have I have big wrists, big ankles, big knees. Like you know, shit like that is not. It's just not classic. It's not gonna like. <laughs> I mean, my you know, like you can create the shape of your body, but I'm looking at some of these guys. Like I I compete. I was competing as light heavyweight and. I'm like, man, I can't even, like, I'll look like fucking garbage if I try to make that weight class. You know, like, my muscle bellies just won't look good. And and some guys, I'm like, because I had one guy I competed with that crossed over, and he was classic, and he had, you know, had the muscle bellies, and he's like, yeah, I only weighed in, like, 185. And I'm like, you know, 197 point, you know, whatever, trying to you know, it's. It, it's it's sometimes, like, the look, like, if guys, sometimes, like, for example, like, you go to like the USA's or nationals, or whatever. And like some of the best guys are like the light heavyweights are actually heavyweights, you know, that come down and the middleweights are actually light heavyweights that come down. But sometimes your look, as you're saying, like kind of dis- it, you're at a disadvantage if you suck down because if you lose so much volume to simply just to make a weight, then you start losing your aesthetic, you know what I mean? The, the look, you know? And, um, so yeah, no, that's, so what do you kind of, like when you have client inquiries that they want to prep for shows and they are interested in classic, like, is that, is that something you would discuss with them? I mean, is that, have you act have you run into that situation where you just turn someone away? Well, not necessarily turn them away, but look, you told them like, look, you're not classic. Oh yeah. And, I, and I'm very frank and cut to the chase about that. Um, I mean, as you're saying, there's some people, I mean, it's just basically like, it's just structure as you're saying, like, you know, bone girth and all that. And just all this comes you need to have like that, what you're saying. I mean, you have to have the small insert. All that has to be in place to be classic. Otherwise, it's gonna be, you're going to be a bodybuilder that obviously has come down to classic. And it's just, yeah. so I'm very frank about that. And then there's some guys that, there's more, there's a lot more of that than vice versa. Although there's some guys that started out as classic and they just, I mean, they have these like really productive off seasons and they're like all of a sudden like they fit as a bodybuilder, you know? That's a lot more rare then the other the other way around it just seems like especially if you go to like the masters nationals and stuff like that when the class first came out you just right away you just saw okay these are bodybuilders that are doing classic <laughs> you know what i mean it's just no, i mean even just the posing style you know they were doing the classic posing but they yeah. were just posing as bodybuilders and 
you know, I mean, I've heard Steve and Sandy tell some of these guys, like, you are posing like a bodybuilder. Um, and so, so much of it has to change if you want to be the be classic. I mean, I, I get, you know, a lot of people look at the bodybuilding nowadays and they think it's just so, it's a very daunting task to do that. And a lot of people think, oh, well, if I do classic, I don't have to take as much gear and blah, 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 you know. But if you look at some of the protocols, I mean, they're very one and the same. Well, I think it really comes, it, it comes down to your genetic predisposition at that point. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you can't, you can't change bone structure and you can't change your response to, you know, supplementation or any of that. It's not, it, it exactly. is what it is. It is know? what it is. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, I don't see it as much now, but I know, like, especially when women's physique came out, it's, and it's gotten a lot better, but I, I would have a lot of girls that would make the mistake of like, well, I want to compete in women's physique. It's like, well, you don't compete in women's physique just because you want to pose you know, just because you're tired of figure poses or something. It's like, no, you, you had, you had all these, it like all these teeny, and there's still a lot of it, all these like teeny tiny girls with no muscle that they're out there, you know, they're out there just cause they want to pose. And you see that at regional shows all the time. And then the, the opposite, um, the opposite at the higher level, you know, the envelopes getting pushed higher though. It's not, it's definitely, it's definitely not bodybuilding. I know some people, they kind of compare it. It's definitely not bodybuilding because a lot of these girls are still only weighing like, you know, 130 on stage. It's not like they're, you know, they're not huge, but it's definitely evolved a lot. And it, well, could... I mean, yeah, but because quite frankly, at the higher level, basically the look figure, I mean, I look at like bikini has become figure figures become, I mean, this is just kind of a big, you know, Bikini looks like figure now a lot of a lot of times. Figure looks like women's physique, and women's physique is many of them. Well, it's bodybuilding, you know. I mean, doing women's physique posing. Well, ask Joe about that. In in the UK, they have the P, they have some weird divisions. Like they have these bikini tone divisions, and the girls yeah. are like fucking hard. Like they're hard, really hard. Yeah, they're like hybrid, like hybrid divisions, right? Yeah, we've yeah. got timed and trained bikini. And, and it's hard because at some shows, the judges have wanted girls to come in quite hard. And then at the others, they've said, you're too hard, you need to come in soft. So there's almost like a blurring of the lines that people kind of, that the competitors are struggling with, like not really knowing who to come in. Well, it kind of goes on and around over here as well. I mean, like they still haven't really, uh, the criteria from, the judging criteria from show to show, you know, sometimes like it, it's, it just changes. I mean, I've heard some girls say they, they heard feedback from judges. I was too hard. And then the next show they try to soft, you know, then they hear the opposite and it's just, you know, so they need to just get the criteria more exacting. I think it's, it's a real, it's a real bitch for bikini, especially cause it's like, I've, I've had a couple girls that they can, you know, compete like national level i had one girl that did two shows in a row she did junior usa i think and then i can't remember what was after that um she might have went to usa i can't remember what it was but it's like the the criteria was entirely different and the the crazy thing about it, it's not even show to show it's within the classes like you could look bikini a the girls have damn near strided glutes and the bikini b exactly they're exactly 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 it's like wow damn you know it's not even it's not even within, you know, show to show. It's like within classes. I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, sometimes it's even within call outs. 
yeah. right within the same call out side by side with each other. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like yeah. there's one thing to have apple orange and pear, but there's one thing to have strided pear and then soft orange and then you know what I mean? And that's where I think like where it becomes it's almost like the subject it's so subjective where it almost overrides whatever criteria is supposed to be laid out for that class, you know? It's tough. Do you work I know Joe doesn't work with a lot of females or like compared, I work with a lot more females, I think, but I, do you work with many or no? I work with some, I mean, my, my real thing is, um, you know, bodybuilding and classic physique and, you know, 212 guys. That's really, yeah. I do work with some women's physique and like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be prepping, um, a girl for the figure New York pro, uh, Jessica Prowess, um, who actually turned pro as women's physique. And she took a couple years off and just figure is a better fit. Not just structurally, whatever, because but she also doesn't want to take a million thousand DHC derivatives either. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. just yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that you're going to see some. You know, you might see more. Like you might see some women's like you might see some of that going on more often. I think too. Um, I think well, figure figures the same as physique. It's just they don't have arms. That's the only difference. Yeah. Like they don't Actually, have. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we've all we've seen. I mean, we've all seen. I mean, we see women's. We've seen figures come out, and they're walking out, and their glutes are scrunching with striation almost. You know. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. And like you see, like if they if they literally like if they did women's physique posing, they would be women's physique. You know. Yeah. And then you see some of the women, and then you know, vice versa. You see some of the women's physique girls, and they're just too soft for women's physique, and you know too small and they're doing, you know, they're just figure doing women's physique posing. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever, it would be nice. You'd think it'd be more standardized. Like, I mean, I'm sure I'm not a judge, but I know some judges and I know they have, you know, I know they have to go through some, you know, some hoops and some testing and some training and stuff to become a judge. You would just think it would be more standardized. Yeah, I don't know. You would think, but but it's but there's a subjective aspect of it that you can't, you know. Right. It's just that'll, that'll always be there. It'll always be there. Yeah, I just I always just tell my girls, I'm like, you show up. I'd rather be a little harder than too soft, and take it, this chance at you know. <laughs> so you know, honestly, like honestly, that that that, trend, that what you just said actually should translate into all classes. I mean, because like the same bodybuilding, you know. You would never want to hear feedback from a judge. Yeah, you know, you have great size and shape, whatever. You just weren't hard enough or dry enough. Like, that's you never want to fucking hear that shit, you know. We'd rather hear, you know, your conditioning's you know, hard as hell, conditioning's great. You know, you need to round your shoulder. You know, you want to hear criteria like that, not the other way around. And as you said, you better it's better off on the side of error to just come in. And, you know, conditioning should always be – should take precedence over everything. You can't – Well, yeah, especially like at these – at, at the regional level, regional and state level, these guys like, oh, I'm afraid to lose my size. I'm like, dude, this isn't a national show. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna win on conditioning, you know? Yeah, that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of these guys, that's what I mean. Like, and this kind of segues into I think what we're about to talk about. I mean, I think a lot of guys. Let's just talk about. You know, I think a lot of people are so focused on, you know, they're losing muscle during prep. You know. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is like this. You know as well as I do. The harder you are, the more conditioned you are, you know, the bigger you're going to look 
I mean, let's go. We've all like, let's say you go to nationals and, you know, you see like these guys, these big guys in the clothes, they look huge in the clothes. They're walking around, the chest is up and they're watermelon carrying, you know, the arms are extended out. It's that little motherfucker in the corner that's all shriveled up looking in the face that looks like nothing closed. That's the guy you got to worry about because, you know, he's going to be in shape, you know, and you're going to wind up. And I think there's a lot of delusional stuff about that. Um, you know, you go, it's funny because you go to the national shows and you go to the weigh-ins and registrations and you see, you know, the guys have been posting online, you know, it's their first national show and they have their gym buddies, the yes men who say, man, you look like a free pro <laughs> card, you know, you get some veins to the arms and that, you know, and you see their body language. It's funny because you see, it's like, they're like, you know, they're waiting to go into weigh-in and they're, they're potato bumping their boys. Like this is their first national show and they took second place at some small regional show, you know, and they have no idea what the fuck they're about to get into. And it's funny because... Then they go into the weigh-ins, register, and then they come out 30 minutes later, and they have that, they've just seen a ghost slash deer call in the headlights look. Like, oh, my yeah. God, what am I getting self-inflicted? And it's funny because, you know, because they're seeing guys stripped down with, like, striated glutes and grinning. They're like, holy fuck. And I've seen guys, like, I don't know if you go to the U.S. Internationals where Sandy Rinaldi or Ted Williamson, they'll be, like, scratch number 323. Like, some of these people actually don't even go to the prejudging because they're just, they know, you know. And I remember um, I was backstage, I was um, at the Wayans a couple years ago at the USA, watching some of my guys weigh and stuff. And I remember there's a heavyweight who had that kind of attitude where, like, you know, he's all like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, and then he's like seeing there's some middleweights weighing in. And these are the middleweights that are like five foot four, like in five foot five wide, you know? And right. I remember, like, he's like, yeah, he goes, those are some short heavyweights. I'm like, no, dude, those are fucking middleweights. You know, like the light heavyweights yeah. that weren't even lining up yet. So there's that whole like delusional stuff. And then there's the humble pie that's served, you know? Yeah. And I just think that, you know, listeners, like, you really want to focus on, you can't go wrong with conditioning. And then it's conditioning first. And then, okay, let's compare size and shape. And I, you know, I talk to, I interact with the judges all the time. I mean, look, you know, when these guys, when these judges are judging 900, 1100, 1200 people at a national show, for them, the guys that walk out and they're strided glutes and there's graininess and stuff, they're the ones, that are, they're going to call them out. And then from there, they're going to say, okay, this guy's shape, you know, rounder and like full, you know, then it goes from there, not the other way around. Right. You know, you see, you see some of these monsters, like the heavy, the strawberry class, and you see all these guys, and they're up there, and they're watching guys one by one go past them in call outs, and they're just not being called out because they turn around, and they're fat glutes, whatever. I mean, they're huge, massive, but I mean, you know, it's like I've seen, um, I remember years ago, I competed, you know, the show in New York City is, you know, God, I'm old. This is like, you know, I was, you know, I was 21 years old. This is like, you know, 1990, whatever. And I remember, um, this is when there was like a million guys in each weight class. There's like 20, I mean, like these are deep shows in, in New York city. And I remember this one guy, he was like trying to suck down to the middle of the weight. And he just, he was like 177. He was like spinning, running around the corner and the sun, like he's just going to come down. So he's like, Oh my God, you know, I'm going to, get mopped by you guys and I was like no that, not only did he, he he weighed 177 he beat like 18 light heavyweights he also won the overall you know he was just <laughs> healed and it's it's funny because I mean I remember Aaron Clark at the USA several years ago I remember he weighed in he was like 201 pounds but he was smart they're like hey you want to come back and try to make light heavyweight he's like hell no and I don't know if you guys remember but he smoked that whole class and he was, yep. by, by the time he got there, he was maybe 200 pounds, you know. And then there were guys, you know, Austin, as you're saying, guys coming down to the weight classes. I mean, there are guys that, you know, weighted in a 224 and a half. 
And they, you know, Vaughn, you know, ate and take out like 233 out there. And he was just annihilating these guys like that. So it's just, you can't go wrong with conditioning. And as coaches, you know, you guys know, I mean, you can't, you want your clients, you want people, you just strive for conditioning first. Here's the problem is that you, in this, you know, we're talking about mistakes is that the size, it's a contest prep. You're not going to gain size. It's that you're done. Right. Like you, you are as big as you are. That's it. You're done. That's it. You know what I mean? Like your, your focus at this point is to lose fat. And as long as you're maintaining some semblance of your training and you're not just like, you know, halving all your weights in the gym, I mean, the muscle for the most part is not going anywhere. It's just a matter of, of course you have like water and glycogen and all that, you know, and, right. and the supplements, it's going to alter some of that, but it's like, no, dude, you didn't lose size. You just had a two inch layer of subcutaneous fat on you when you started. I'm yeah, like, oh. yeah. You're, you're losing like, you're, you're losing volume. Like in other words, like, you know, you've seen these guys like they're like, Oh man, I lost too much size for the show. I got too, and all of a sudden, like two days later, they're blown out again. Like what? The tissue didn't grow back after the show in two days. You just revolumized. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's exactly so that's, right. Yeah. And that's, um, so, I mean, that's a good topic too, as far as like, uh, filling out because you do see that a lot and you see it, I mean, all the time with looking better the day after the show or two days after the show or, or whatever it is. And I think that that's another huge mistake. And there's a couple things I've found for, most people that are super helpful, like in an ideal world, you're, you're ready early and you can eat a little more into the show and you're always going to probably look better. But right. you know, that's like far and few between for most normal genetic type of people. Right. It just doesn't happen that often. And then of course, like, you know, of course, water, sodium, not cutting those things too early. And that's one thing I know I know with me and with guys like, cause I'm close to the top of that weight and with guys that were, that have trouble with that, it, the whole loading thing gets tricky. And we talked about this with, I think we talked about this with Stan because I think he was having a hard time making classic if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. We, um, yeah. I mean, basically it was like, especially with Stan when we were, you know, the class started out as 175 and, um, when we had to, when we did the, you know, he won, um, the, the show that was in Utah, that was when it was 175. I mean, his cheekbones were sticking out of his face. You know what I mean? It's like just to make the class, you know, and um, it's, I think, you know, a lot of guys, they think when people say, oh man, it looks so much better the day or two afterwards. I think they, they think like, wow, they have, they see some more veins in their arms and if they look fuller in the, you know, in the mirror or whatever. But I mean, a lot of times like, no, you don't look better just because you're more, you're two days later and you look you know what I mean you don't have the same like, clarity on stage and then it's just a big you know you hear that so often you know oh I should have I, I under eight I under eight you know in the, in the best of the best world as you're you're mentioning before I mean the best thing is to be ready early I mean the idea is that you should be you should really be ready from a body fat standpoint a week or ten two weeks out and then the best situation is to actually just progressively eat into the show um you know, a lot of people, okay, it's peak week, you know, so I have to dramatically deplete and then load, you know, load up and they just fuck it all up. I mean, you're, ro you're rolling the dice at that point. I mean, sure, there's some manipulations you want to do and there, there should be some, you know, like there could be some structured loading and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, like sometimes like 
you also hear, oh, shit, I wish I went out there the way I looked, you know, a week after the show. <laughs> when actually yep. when you were just on medium carbs, sodium was still in place, water was normal. You know what I mean? Like, why, why is it engraved in stone that all these variables have to shift just because it's quote-unquote peak week? Yeah. You know, to me, peaking, like, here's the deal. You're going to have issues with cortisol. I mean, just mentally, you know, especially with this travel, you know, landing, you know, pulling the luggage out of the, you know, the baggage clean, you know, all that stuff, just getting the hotel, all this stuff, just so many fucking stressful things at the end. Anyway, why add on top of it so many other, very, you know, like enrolling the dice? I mean, you know, cortisol. I mean, you're better off, like, if you can, it's almost like, you know, the crazy look that you see, like, the week before a show, or whatever. To me, peaking is if you can capture 85% of that look, to me, you've peaked. You know, and very often, I mean, you just almost like to almost keep the last week, almost like it's another week of just getting better. Like instead of just making a peak week where you're just trying to just, okay, well, I have to just dramatically pull this and load in that and pull so, you know, why not just basically make it where it's almost a normal week and then basically just put the paint on and put your chanclas on and go to the venue. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Um, I've just, I've found, I mean, my middleweight, Daniel Alexander last year when he won USA's middleweight, um, we had like a normal week. I mean, we literally just, the night before, we cut water, he got tanned, he woke up, he had his normal, I mean, it just, we didn't do anything. And yeah, we, we just, yeah. You know. it's, it's a roll, well, you roll the dice, you know, if you're rolling the dice, if you're getting aggressive. We had, um, we had Cliff Wilson on, you know who Cliff is? Sure. Yeah, so, and Cliff, and Cliff's like, that's, that's kind of his call to that's kind of like his calling you know a lot of people know him for the rapid back loading like <laughs> carb loading and all that stuff and it's it's a hard thing it's a hard thing to master mm -hmm. and the thing that above all else is just the stress component you just can't it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter how perfectly dialed in everything else is you just exactly. have to be, you have to be calm that is the best peaking strategy is be calm I mean, cortisol is a motherfucker. I mean, yep. you know, like stress hormones, you, you have to be calm because you know what? I mean, you've seen it. I mean, when people are stressed, you've seen it where like they can eat a thousand grams of carbs they're so, and they're stressed the fuck out. The next day, they're actually a couple of times lighter. And they look softer and washed out. Like the carbs, some of the, the carbs won't even stick, you know? And I mean, then yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't want to get into this, but there's also things to talk about where like, you know, carb loading is not engraved in stone. God forbid it's just increasing fats on, in conjunction with the carbs that you're already having in your diet. You know, a lot of times you on the same amount of carbs and just by introducing more dense fats, you can create a more voluminous look. You know what I mean? Just by, so, I mean, I, I think even just, I know I'm kind of skipping around, I ramble a lot, but even just like this whole, okay, it's got a, got a carb load, you know, just the whole aspect of just changing everything. You know, your body, just, that just creates stress. On, in itself, you know, like just dramatically all of a sudden out of nowhere, just changing stuff, you know, I mean, well, if people are doing, you know, people are doing things they haven't done for the whole prep, which is ignorant to me. Like why in God's name would you do something that you have no idea what the result's going to be? Ex exactly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, and then, and then, you know, and then they start looking <laughs> and then they, they get worried and it's like, you know, and shit just starts shit just starts going downhill. I, I do have like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I don't ever load people like that. Cause I do. But. Of course, like sometimes loading is great. You know what I mean? Especially if, you know, if you have it set up the weeks leading up to where you have like, you know, higher days and everything like that. And the body's used to, you know, 
caloric density like that are that's progressive you know certain points of the week and everything like that the body is almost like ready for it you know um, right and especially if you're using the same as you're saying i mean if your body's if you just do things that your body's not used to doing that you don't do during prep like for example if you're working with cream of rice and yams you know and then all of a sudden you're okay well let's you know it's let's load on pasta you know like tons of rice you know it's just you're it's just different your body's going to recognize something as being extremely different out of nowhere you know? yeah. yeah, the way I kind of see that is like you're taking an, a nine out of ten risk to look maybe one out of ten better. It's just exactly, yeah, exactly. It. it really is a gamble. It really is a gamble. And honestly, if you're working with someone for a while and you see, like, for example, okay, well, like, you know, there's a, you know, there's a day and a half, you know, like, let's say there's, you know, depletion days or some keto days leading up to. It. Let's say you have gluconeogenic days to get ready for to to create sensitivity for a high day. If you have all that in place, then a loading situation can be fantastic. I and mean, you see sh- really good shit happen. But as you're saying, nine out of 10 times, you're like, if it's not the case, and like, I mean, I've heard, you know, I hear people like, okay, I'm supposed to eat, you know, two packs of English muffins, you know, like all this, like just different weird starches. I mean, you're, it's just your body's not primed for it, you're not ready for it. And there's that 10% chance. And then, you know, there's always the if, could have, should have, would have that you hear afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was mentioning earlier too, um, about just testing, you know, if I can have someone where we can kind of test it out beforehand, that's awesome. Um, yes, you know, with especially moving yes. hard, uh, I, that's something I always do with myself, like, you know, two weeks out cause I'm somebody that I do refeed pretty hard. Like I'll deplete really yeah. hard and refeed. That's just how yes. I diet. And right. so for my refeeds, that's great. I can pretty much just replicate a peak on one of my right. refeeds. That's, all, that's exactly right. It's supposed to be like where your body's primed for, your body knows what to do. And basically that's, that goes back to my point of making it a normal week. So let's say your refeeding stuff is for a day and a half, like at the end of the week, then you just replicate that because it's predictable, yep. right? It's predictable. And yep. it is quote unquote loading, right? Because it's, you know, you're, you're, you're filling up your hepatic glycogen and then you're able to fill up your muscle glycogen and that's your loading, you know? Yep. And it, your body's ready for it, as you're yeah. saying. And and this goes back to Austin. And what we're talking about is, you know, being being ready weeks early, so that you have the luxury and the wiggle room for this kind of stuff. You know. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a great mistake. Great tip. <laughs> Anybody that wants to hire a coach, don't come to them and say, "I have a show in 12 weeks." Don't do it. That's like the worst. It's. It doesn't, I mean, it drives me nuts. I mean, in some cases it works if they've already been prepping, but it's like, we don't have time to do anything. I don't have time to learn anything about them. You know, we don't have time to get things set up. Like I, in an ideal world, you work with somebody year round. That's great. For but, sure. You know, if you're just with somebody in prep and you gotta get, you gotta get some time. I mean, I encourage people even just contact me a month out and let me get you set up and get you in a groove and just see what's going on. Exactly. 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 Yeah. I mean, anything, anything to make your life easier. Otherwise you have no point of reference. Right. Yeah. And and you're, you're doing a prep with your, with your blindfold on and you're, you're guessing. I mean, you, you can only implement, I mean, you can get feedback like, you know, what's worked for you in the past, but you know, people are, they haven't, they have a, you know, like, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen it. We're like, you know, I was too flat for my last show. You know, it was too small. I didn't fill out enough. And then you look at pictures and they have fat glutes and hamstrings. It's like, no, um, you weren't in shape to begin with. 
you know, from oh, getting yeah. like, you know what I mean? There's all that. I mean, like you guys know, or you get, I know we're kind of skipping around or you get, you know, clients like, Oh man, I'm losing muscle. I know it. I'm getting small. I'm losing volume. I'm like, send pictures. And sometimes yeah. you get like a million, you get a million pictures and what, what pictures Austin, I'm sure I can see you both you guys, what picture do we look at the first, the gluten the hams in the back. And if it's still fat yeah. there, you know, you're not fucking losing muscle. You're yeah, losing. Yeah. Not nearly as big as you thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or well, the scale, yeah. the scale. Yeah. Hey man, I've, you know, I've dropped six pounds. Like to me, for us, that's music to our ears. But for them, they think, oh, you know, you're losing. And here's what I say too. It's like, look, if you're eating fucking 300 grams of protein a day, you're, you're having progressive weight resistance in the gym. And you're taking all these different anabolic compounds. You're not fucking losing muscle. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, your liver, your liver is filled with glycogen. Like you're not, it's hard to lose muscle. You know, it's like, you know, you look at like, say, let's say someone is just a completely vegetarian and they're, 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 they're skinny fat, whatever. And they're skinny fat because, you know, there's no protein, there's no weight training, whatever. Even if you just, and they're just losing muscle all the time, let's say, even if you just put in like weight training, just the fact that you're doing resistance training would prevent loss of muscle, you know? Then let's say you, God forbid, you throw in like proteins, you know? Geez, that maybe might even build a little bit of muscle. Then forgetting all the hormones and the growth, you, you get what I'm saying? It's like, it's really, really hard to lose muscle. And then like all of a sudden, like, you know, you hear the people mope around and complain, man, I got too, I got too small for the show, I lost so much muscle. And then going back to what we said before, well, all of a sudden, you know, they eat and 30 pounds later, they're, I mean, two days later, they're blown up and can't cold out and all that. Hey, you know, it's like, you didn't lose muscle. You know, you're, you, those, the tissue doesn't go anywhere. You might, there's a dissipation of volume, whatever. But I mean, excuse the analogy, you have to, to get ripped, you have to be flat. But I mean, think about it. You know, you have to like, you know, there has to be periods of caloric deficit, you know, but yeah, it doesn't you, mean you're losing fucking tissue. Jesus, you know. We have. We've talked about this too, that we had a couple, we have some researchers on every once in a while that have done like different case studies and stuff. And one of them was on the case study was actually on natural bodybuilders and talked about like the amount of muscle that they lost in the prep. And you got to figure like they're hypogonadal too, right? The fucking testosterone levels like a hundred. Exactly. Exactly. And they hardly lost any tissue at all. Right. Let alone someone who's, who's taking four different <laughs> THE uh, derivatives, you know, on long, you know, growth and like you know if there's like you know think, think of all that in place yeah yeah it's yep it's definitely it's definitely just a mental thing it's definitely just and those are the same people that are going to get stressed the week of the show and and all that yep. and it's just yeah good good piece of advice is especially if you're working with a coach just shut up and listen and don't stress and don't worry about shit <laughs> you know that's the best it's the best thing you could possibly do and it very much ties into like where you start a prep as well. I mean, I'm sure you both have had it where a client comes to you. Yeah, I think I need to lose about 20 pounds and I'll be in shape. But they're, they're holding, you know, so much fluid and, you know, <laughs> exactly. I'm using 15 units of GH and 200 units of Lantus. And it's like, okay, well, as soon as you drop that Lantus, you're probably going to drop 20 pounds. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like That's Joe, you've, Joe, have you seen people like just being so aquatic looking right and yeah. you know what i mean and like it's just yeah, all that fluid and stuff all that extracellular fluid and yeah. or how about the people that come to you guys and it's like there's no glucose tolerance levels at all and they're having these these like these diets are just astronomically high in car you know what i mean like and sometimes i'm like okay well we're gonna reset a little bit you know and they're like you know we're gonna do something you know kind of keto and, and like you know let, let's let's talk i mean there's keto and there's keto i mean to me it's like 
you know, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. You know, sometimes you have to do a reset to get people's sensitivity back, you know? Sure. And so sometimes, like, now, like, true keto, you know, like, let's say where, you know, protein counts are low and, like, the ratio of fats is way higher. I mean, that's being truly keto, where you test dark on the strip. You know what I mean? Like, true, you know, keto. And if you do that for prolonged periods of time, you, you actually, you know, you lose sensitivity, you know? But yeah, if we're having, yeah. like, diets, right, but if you're having diets that are, like, you know, if you want to call it keto, like, just call it carb-free, whatever, where, like, you know, protein counts are high and there's fats in place, well, at that point, you're not ketogenic. You're teetering back and forth from gluconeogenesis to ketogenesis, you know? And to me, it's almost like that little bit of, that little bit of, you know, the gluconeogenesis, those little short periods of time doing that, actually, to me, it actually encourages glucose tolerance levels, you know? It actually makes you sensitivity. And then carbs can all of a sudden be productive again, you know? Um, we were talking about we uh, so Joe and I did a recap for well, the show that I did last year, and I'm I was eating like 1,300 calories. It was really terrible, like just straight protein. And, <laughs> and, uh, that's just the way that I that's every prep. It's like that. But the the wild thing is, we would load like test loading and test my blood glucose. You know, and right. I did first day we tested it. I did. A thousand grams of carbs and my glucose only went up three points all day long. Right, because you because you established good sensitivity for exactly what we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that—that's sensitivity. Right. You that's know. fucking awesome. So, so getting back to so like a lot of these guys, you're like, okay, we're gonna do like we're gonna do protein and fucking vegetables for four days. These guys, they freak out. Like I'm gonna lose someone. Like no, we're right. getting so that you could be productive again. You know. Yeah. And it's like, and talk about this, like, hey, guy, you, know, you tell the same person, hey, if you want to actually retain more muscle and actually if you want to, quote, unquote, grow during a prep, which is hard, you know, if you don't want to do that, you better, off, you better retain insulin sensitivity or glucose tolerance. That's how you can keep, t you keep tissue better and that's how you grow. You know, like these guys are like become so inflammatory in the off season, you know what I mean, where they have just poor sensitivity, like you, you stop growing. You know what I mean? You, the IGF acknowledgement dissipate, you know what I mean? Like you just you're just feeding predisposed fat areas at that point. You're not building yeah. tissue. So I think so much of it is, is that it's just, it's retaining sensitivity. And there, there, I mean, so I like during prep to purposely schedule these gluconeogenic days or whatever, a couple of days, you know, you, then you get the sensitivity often as you're talking about and you can keep moving forward, you know? Yeah. It's nice. And it's then, just nice to have a body that's that responsive. You know, you get, it's going <laughs> to do what you want it to do. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. But again, you know, we deal with the mental aspect of it where people like, you know, and then, you know, what happens, okay, I mean, getting to numbers, you want to like, you know, you know, you start, you know, every gram of carb holding two grams, of, like, so these guys, what happens is that, you know, they lose nine pounds or so, you know, and they're like freaking out. It's like, no, like that's giving us a springboard. Right. You know? When that weight comes back on, it's going to be, you're going to look, you know, better, harder, harder leaner. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Just shut up and listen. Don't question. Yeah. Just, just, just follow, just follow through there. You just follow through. And then how about this? You're talking about like uh, Austin, you mentioned, or, or Joe, you mentioned about, you know, using half weights. Okay. It's, it's, it's prep time. So I'm going to just drop the weight and do high reps and do the super setting where the heart rate stays up, whatever, like, you know, yeah. train, train, keep making stabs at lifting heavy weights. I mean, it's, it's the overload. It's that's just going to keep your, your density and volume. Um, right. You know, like let the fucking diet and cardio and the thermo 
the thermogenesis take care of getting the definition, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, as a matter of fact, I mean, if you're not creating these stress loads on the muscle from using the intense weight training, to me, you actually lose definite, you know, you lose detail and stuff because you're not challenging the tissue anymore. Right. You get, I mean, yeah, it like up to the point of just somebody being ignorant, like, you know, 10 days out from a show or something stupid where you don't have to be, but like, you know, right. beyond that, beyond that, it's shouldn't, it's not going to change. And this is something Joe and I have talked about before too. It's just the least, the easier you can make the transition from off season to prep, the better. Like if you live the lifestyle year round, like nothing really changes when you start prep. Oh, the only thing it changes is, you're eating a little bit less and then maybe some cardio comes in. Literally nothing else changes. It shouldn't anyhow. Like if it does, then your off season suck. Yeah, exactly. To me, it's like, I hate like, okay, bulking season. That's pre con. To me, it's like, there's a show in five months. It's all one, to me, it's all one prep. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. we're prepping for a show. And just these, these, if you want a subdivision of periods of time where it's bulking, it's just your, your, it should all overlap. You know, I mean, gradually you create a deficit. Um, the lifestyle, as you said, it should just be one lifestyle. And I mean, if you want to call it off season, the, the off season dictates the success of pre contest. You know, if you're fucking fat and you have poor sensitivity and you have love handles, then you're looking inflammatory. That that's going to be very daunting prep, you know? Um, yeah. And a lot of these, like, too, a lot of these guys, like, a lot of people in the off-season, man, I didn't get so heavy. Like, you know, it's very often, the lighter you are in the off-season, ironically, the heavier you could be on stage. <laughs> um, you know? I mean, it's – you've seen the people walking around all blown out in the off-season year after year, and they're walking around, and they're all, you know, swollen and stuff like that. And is it – am I correct in saying that these are usually the guys that don't look any bigger? Year after year, yeah, it's like the guys, the guys most, that stay leaner, most right? People. Most of yeah, the time, you, got, you do get. I mean, you'll get some guys that are just a little watery naturally. Like Joe's, Joe's like I joke with him because he's like a fucking camel. He just holds so much. Water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking. You no, know, I get it. Like there's some people like who just like, for example, I mean, like, yeah, no, I don't. I'm not. I'm talking about like just fat, heavy well, fat in general. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent understand because he, well, Joe using Joe as an example too. I mean, he does hold water, but he doesn't like, he can gain 15 pounds of water, but there's literally when it comes back off, there's like no fat gain. So, I mean, there's a difference between oh, absolutely. You know, difference between water and fat and, and just being generally inflamed and insulin resistant and all that shit. You know, it's just not, and it just yeah. makes, and frankly, it just makes our jobs a lot harder because we got to fix all that shit. <laughs> you know, with yeah, it's like, it's like you look at like, how about when you like a new client and they're like, and they, they're in that, situation and you look at it it's like oh my god <laughs> you know you just you're forgetting about prep you're like fuck look at the shit we got to fix right now forgetting even just right. the prep you know i mean god they said hey like, they're like hey i want to do a show this year and it's january i'm like all right we can probably do a show by like november because yeah exactly yeah. exactly well, how about this it's like someone comes to you in january like yeah there's a show on uh, april 20th and i'm like oh my, no like no you're not doing your show April 20th. And like, you know, like, how about this? How about this? What are your, what's, what's the protocol you're doing? You know, it's like, oh, five grams a week of test, um, 80 grams of Lantus. You know, like, it's like, oh my fuck. You know, like, and then you get some blood work and the people's estradiol levels are like, you know, through the roof. And they have like fasting glucose of 110. It's like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, 
you got to yeah. reset all that, you know, and yeah. it's just, or how about well, this? The guys that are, the guys that are like, it's off season and you're like, okay, what are you doing? And I'm doing, you know, they're doing, you know, these like short half-life compounds like NPP and they're taking, you know, it's like, they're doing all these like cosmetic drugs, these short ester cosmetic drugs, as I call them during off season. It's like, where do you go from there? You know I mean? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a big mistake. You definitely don't, like you want to be clean and sensitive and ready to go when prep starts. I mean, God, my, my biggest night, I can fix insulin resistance. I can fix all that shit. But the thing right. that drives me nuts more than anything else is people that are already blasting a bunch of gear and they're like, Hey, there's a show in 16 weeks. I'm like, dude, you've been I, on that's what, 16 that's weeks. That's what I'm saying. Then what are you then Like, you know, the, <laughs> like exactly like, you know, or I'm taking Anavar. It's off season. I'm taking Anavar with NPP and trinacetate. It's like, what the fuck? save that for later it's like the same yeah exactly and it's like you know i mean i know you know a lot of people like like they'll you guys can get it like this is what i'm taking and then it's like i cut all that out and like you know there's the show is you know whatever five months away wherever and i just put them on test and eq they're like that's it i'm like yeah it's not very sexy but i mean it's right now it's about long esters you know yeah. i mean because like let's face it i mean it's the long esters are going to build the muscle you know it's like you know, if you're going to use trinacetate in the off season, I mean, that's just, to me, it's cosmetic. You know, you'll have cosmetic hardness. You know, you're not going to build muscle on trinacetate. You can build muscle on, you know, trinacetate or trinex, whatever, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's these short esters in the off season are just purely just for visual self-masturbation. <laughs> well, people like, well... People just like to take more drugs. They just yeah, people just like just to take it. more drugs. It's all about the drugs, and like you guys have done it, right? Where you're like you cut down all this stuff. They're like, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, we're focusing on fucking food right now. We're focusing yeah, on getting sensitivity back. It's you know? that's just a that's just a bodybuilding personality. Like just people There's taking no you know people taking all kinds of ancillary drugs that they don't even need all the time. Like, hey, I think I have this, so I'm going to take this. I'm like, dude, if you have blood work done, well, no, I'm like, okay. Right. Right. <laughs> well, how about this? How, but, how about people like they like? Hey, can I take M one test and can I take trend no ester? I'm like, why? You know, all these all these little drugs that look great on paper but have no place. You know what I mean? In what we're trying to do. Um. Yeah. So. Well, we are running out of time. Um. So it's actually. It's actually like a little bit later there. Joe's five hours ahead of us, or he's way ahead of you. He's even further than that. So. Yeah. yeah, you're Austin. You're three hours ahead of me, but Joe's way ahead, like eleven hours or whatever. Yeah, Joe's five hours ahead of me, so <laughs> eight hours ahead of me. I've got another yeah. podcast to do now as well. <laughs> yep. All right, guys, we will uh, wrap it up here. Um, Dave, can you give everyone just some? like social media, where they can find you, any contacts you have. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks. If you want to reach me, um, you can reach me at Dave Kalick, K-A-L-I-C-K, on either – you can message me on Instagram or Facebook. You could also shoot me an email at Dave Kalick, K-A-L-I-C-K, at yahoo.com. Thanks, guys. Sweet. Thank you, Dave. You bet. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Austin. All right. Cheers, Dave. Good chatting to you, mate. Cheers. Likewise. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.